Welcome to Success the Last, a podcast that honestly explores the complicated topic of success. I'm your host, Jared Siegel. I'm a partner at DeLap and leader of our wealth advisory practice. During each episode, we're going to talk to a business owner, entrepreneur, real estate investor, or industry thought leader about their own experiences, insights, and observations as it pertains to life, business, finances, and ultimately fulfillment. Candidly, it can be lonely at the top. Our desire is to use this podcast to connect you with the ideas and resources so you can be better equipped to make more predictable, profitable, and rewarding decisions as you juggle the competing priorities of life, business, and money. Keep in mind, this is a podcast. It's not meant to be a replacement for your CPA or financial advisor, so be sure to check with the appropriate professionals before implementing any of the ideas. All right, welcome back to another episode of Success That Lasts. Well, the last time that we went on a freestyle, it was well-received, a lot of good feedback, so we're gonna give it another whirl today. This time, again, inspired by Greg McEwen's definition of essentialism, the active pursuit of less but better. So we're gonna try to keep this thing as dense and resource-rich and full of as many actionable ideas as possible. So let's get rocking. So when was the last time that you asked somebody the question, hey, how have you been? When you think about the responses that you get, what percentage of the time does somebody respond to you with busy? Hey, how have you been? Busy. It's interesting, right? I mean, I've said the same thing. I'm sure you have as well. But the answer wasn't productive or effective, impactful, but rather busy. So when I reflect upon why do I give that answer sometimes? Well, sometimes it's because I'm not really thinking. It's kind of just a subconscious response. But maybe it's also because at times I mistake being busy with being important. You know, when we're busy, it makes us feel important, but it's a weird, slippery slope because when we're busy but not effective, that often creates stress because time is the only asset that we can't grow, we can't make more of. And so as leaders, How do we create the time necessary to lead? I've spent the last 10 years here at DeLap, and as a public accounting firm, we're obsessed with time. We have an unquenchable desire to measure it, control it, and allocate it more effectively as a team. But as I talk to other business owners and leaders, that desire to understand where time is going is transcendent. It doesn't seem to just be a professional services orientation, and that's prudent. It's, again, a finite resource. So we're going to spend a little bit of time today talking about how to manage time more effectively, again, with the hopes of creating greater productivity within your own life, your team, and your organization. There's an abundance of research that's identified that we do have the potential to enhance productivity in all areas of our life. And we have the promise of changing the cadences by which we experience and manage time. So let's start by remembering what we covered in an earlier episode, I believe episode 22. The title was The Sum of Our Choices. We discussed the power of planning and its capacity to influence our choices, but all of our planning efforts really were preceded with why, understanding our core principles, our core priorities. There's a well-known business fable or word picture that has been used to describe this idea of priorities. We've talked about it previously. Some have cited it back to Edward Deming, really legendary consultant, others a college professor. And so the Word picture goes something like this. A professor takes out a glass jar. It's full of large rocks. And he asks his students, is this glass jar full? 
And the students looked at it, it looked pretty obvious, and said, yeah, it's full. And then he took out some gravel and some small pebbles, and he poured it in to the glass jar, shook it, and the pebbles fit into the jar. And he turned to the college students and said, is this glass jar full now? And they looked at it, and they nodded. Yeah, that glass jar is full. And then he took out some sand, and he poured the sand into the jar. Then he turned to the college students, asked, hey, is this jar full now? And they looked at the jar and you know, nodded in agreement. It's full for sure now. And then he finally took out some water and filled in all the crevices and the water kind of settled and turned to the students and said, you know, the moral of this word picture, the moral of this metaphor is essentially you can fit a lot into your life, but it's mission critical that the big rocks go in first. And so when we start talking about prioritization, we start talking about what fills your calendar. When we start talking about overall time management, creating the time necessary to be a leader and accomplish all the goals that you have professionally and personally, it starts with identifying those large rocks because the world's most effective leaders have incredible clarity around what their large rocks are. And chances are, if you looked at their calendar day in and day out, they are doing things that touch those big rocks. And so that level of clarity creates an understanding of what they're going to do, but more importantly, what they're not going to do. Because more often than not, our no is incredibly important to our overall success. Our friend Daniel Harkavy will say, you have to say no to the good to say yes to the great. And sometimes strategy-wise, strategy is often a lot more about what you won't do as much as it is about what you are going to do. So as we start this conversation, clarity around our big rocks is incredibly important. And without stating the obvious, I mean, everyone's big rocks are going to be different. Charities, marriage, teams, clients, exercise, personal development, reading, writing, friends, clubs, hobbies. There isn't necessarily a right answer, but it is important that you gain clarity on what those big rocks are. And organizationally, as you approach priorities and strategy, those big rocks are also important to think about because the order in which you put the rocks in the jar will determine whether or not you have the capacity to get it all done. And if you're like me, it's easy to put too many things on that list, right? Everything's important. Nothing's important. We really have a finite amount of room in terms of what the big rocks can really be. So consultants will often say it really can be no more than five or six true big rocks. Other coaches have talked to clients as it pertains to prioritization as kind of that must, should, could, won't matrix. Again, there's only certain things, so many items that can be must items because time is a finite resource. Another common tool you'll observe in highly effective leaders is a list. However, what's interesting is the list begins to evolve and change over time. And the way that the leaders are using their list is also evolving and changing. So, you know, it's not uncommon for us to have a to-do list. But great leaders seem to transcend a to-do list and they start having a tracking list because they're managing teams and big projects and they're leveraging delegation. And so their individual to-dos then become more team-oriented or project-oriented tracking lists. And as they look at this list, they become incredibly skillful at reprioritizing their focus and their priorities on the fly because things are perpetually changing life and your teams and the markets are all incredibly dynamic. And so their capacity to reprioritize 
their tracking lists and ultimately then their to-do list is a growing aptitude of highly effective leaders. And business leaders are often complementing these tracking lists and to-do lists with dashboards. They take the key results areas that are predictive, so the leading indicators, the things that precede the lagging outcomes that we all like, profits and profit margins and sales, but they'll have a key results area, KRA dashboard. And so it's complementing the project list and the overall health of their teams and the efficacy of their teams and the impact of the strategy and can identify areas of opportunity earlier than a lagging indicator oriented dashboard could. So if dashboards are of any interest to you, be sure to check out episode 15. That was back in July of 2020 when we talked to Paul Schlumberger, an entrepreneur who at that time was managing five different businesses. And obviously, Paul was a master of managing kind of a tracking list in combining that with dashboards for all these different businesses that he was managing simultaneously. So another author and speaker that I've grown to like and read quite a bit of here in recent years is Jocko Willink. He's the Navy SEAL and he talks a lot about leadership and he's a pretty straight shooting guy. His podcast is wildly successful. He talks about discipline as freedom, but he wrote a book, The Dichotomy of Leadership. And I bring that up because the next topic I think is uh, surprising. And I was certainly surprised as I started to explore the research that's been done in this area, suggesting that unstructured time actually might be some of our most productive time as leaders. And so Amos Traversky is a PhD. He did a lot of collaborative research with Daniel Kahneman, who later became a Nobel laureate for his research around behavioral finance. But Traversky said something along the lines of, you waste years by not wasting hours. And what he was talking about is some of his best thinking occurred on walks, kind of this white space that he created for himself this mindlessness where he freed his mind to truly think. And that's where some of his most breakthrough moments occurred was in this moment of white space. And so he discovered that essentially our creative juices are freed up when we have this unstructured time. So as a business leader, as counterproductive as it might be, the dichotomy of being highly effective and productive is actually integrating some of this unstructured time into your day. Back in March, I believe it was episode five, we had a conversation on this very podcast with neuroscientist Dr. David Miller, and we talked about the neuroscience behind this concept of mindfulness. And so when we talk about having some level of unstructured time in your calendar, this is actually supported by a lot of the neuroscience and the breakthroughs that we've had over the last 20 years as we've better understood how the human mind works. So we've all experienced this whether it's the shower, a walk, a run, we create that space where our active thinking goes away and some of these deeper thoughts have the freedom to come to the surface and we have those aha moments. Great leaders will talk about how some of their greatest insights occurred when they weren't trying to be productive. Actually, in Jocko Willink's most recent book, it was called Leadership Strategy and Tactics Field Manual. Great book really kind of tactical ideas for leadership and strategy, well-written. And in that book, he actually makes reference to this concept as well, talking about a leader's need to take a step back 
And so kind of that change of pace, change of place can kind of really create a new change of perspective. And so that unstructured time is really mission critical as a leader who's supposed to be influencing strategy in order to have the space to think strategically. We have to take a step back away from kind of the operational execution from a day-to-day level. So as a fan of moving past ideas to action, you could check out Cortana, which is the automation tool, artificial intelligence within Microsoft 365. And I've started to experiment here recently with the focus time scheduler. And so trying to create a couple of hours every single week to create some of this unstructured time to strategize rather than merely processing the day's to-do list. And the last thing I wanted to talk to you about in terms of observations from highly effective leaders is this concept of chunking. And by chunking, I mean a 45-minute block of time that is uninterrupted, focused on one particular task, pursuing the state of flow. And by flow, all we're talking about is when time seems to quasi-disappear. Things other than the task at hand seem to kind of melt away. You don't feel burdened by that sense of being on the clock. For most people, 45 minutes seems to be the sweet spot, but others can go up to about 90 minutes. And I guess artists or musicians have the capacity to achieve flow for a longer period of time. But for most of us, probably 45 minutes is a great place to start. Now, this actually reminds me of Buffett's quote about investing. Buffett once said, investing is simple, not easy. And I think chunking, it sounds simple, but it's anything but easy. We all know that distractions are the enemy, but let's just, for example, look at just our phone, just our phone. Every time we pick up our phone, we're inviting a distraction. And as many of you are listening to this, you're doing so from home with kids that are taking school in the room next to you. So distractions abound now more than ever from a technology perspective, but also the duality of our life right now, the hazy borders that separate personal and professional now as we socially distance and our many of our offices are closed creates all the more distractions and challenges to go find those 45-minute chunks. Even before COVID, we all struggled with this. We all dealt with this inevitable distraction of the phone in our pocket or the iPad around the corner. We'd unintentionally taught ourselves to respond to the stimulus, which ultimately forces us to lose our concentration. Netflix actually has a great documentary out there right now. You've heard me talk about Tristan Harris before, and he's one of the individuals showcased in this movie. But Netflix's The Social Dilemma talks about how technology today is designed to capture our attention. When we don't pay anything for the product, it's because we are the product and others are selling our attention. So in one way, shape, or form, we can call it social media, or we can just call it the attention economy. So we're also fighting against that invisible force that's trying to work against what we're actually trying to accomplish from a focus or time management perspective. So where do you hide? It seems like great leaders find a way to hide strategically from time to time to capture these moments of flow. So if you need 45 minutes of uninterrupted time to accomplish a high-impact activity, where would you go? How do you structure that time? Well, one idea that an executive can pursue is simulate a plane. A lot of us prior to COVID-19, would have to travel for work. And that time on the plane can be incredibly effective for a lot of us. So maybe it's headphones, noise-canceling headphones with some white noise. 
Maybe it's putting your technology into airplane mode. Actually, one of the most helpful things that I've done in recent months was inspired by a YouTube video from Kevin Stratford. So Kevin is a ex-Microsoft employee that started creating YouTube videos to learn how to use Microsoft tools more effectively. And I realized as an organization, I didn't know very much about the Microsoft 365 tools that we were already using. I knew how to use it in its most basic function. But in one of Kevin's videos that I'll link to in the show notes, Kevin walks you through all the different things that you can do within Microsoft 365 to set up a focus period so that you're not being distracted. And I love a distraction. It doesn't take a whole lot for me to be off kind of squirrel, chasing the squirrel, so to speak. But Kevin's video walks you through all the different settings that you can put up to create a digital blockade against all the people and things that are trying to grab our attention. So I'll link to that in the show notes and be sure to check that out. And finally, I talked about Michael Hyatt's full focus planner. Michael's a phenomenal productivity, efficiency thought leader, at least for me. And he wrote a book, Free to Focus, that I found real helpful as well. So let's wrap this thing up with two quotes I want you to think about. The first one is lack of direction, not lack of time is the problem. We all have 24 hours in a day. That was from Zig Ziglar. And also then the second one would be from Lao Tzu, a Chinese philosopher. He said, time is a created thing. To say I don't have time is like saying I don't want to. So hopefully you walk away with a couple of actionable ideas or maybe resources to help you with your day. Our mission statement as the lap is to invest in the success of others. And as I've really kind of contemplated how our business works, it makes me think of a player and a coach. Delap is actually more in the coaching role. We can't create success for our clients, but we can certainly support it. And to the extent our clients are successful, they often bring us along for the ride. And so we have this deep, sincere, authentic desire to see you win in all areas of your life, personally, professionally, and spiritually and excited to be on your team. So if you need anything at all, we're always here to help. And until we talk again, be well.